It was magic. One of those magic moments that come only once in a lifetime. I thought at the time, am I just imagining all this? I'll tell you about it as it happened to me. How can I describe it? A meeting of eyes, minds, hearts, souls. She looked at me and I looked at her. And at that instant I knew, she knew, the world stood still. It was as I'd always imagined. There was no need for words. I took her hands. She took mine. As far as we were concerned, there was no one else in the room, in the world, in the universe, and already we were building memories together. We walked in the park, and it rained. Neither of us noticed. I was impervious to weather, snow, wind, thunder. It meant nothing. We talked, laughed, shared our souls. She told me all about her fiancé, the Baron of Bermondsey, but she, she vowed to send back the 750,000 engagement ring, the Porsche, the villa, and, oh, and the Regent's Park house. We would live simply, she and I. Oh, it was magic. Welcome to Movie Heaven, Movie Hell with me, Simon Aiken, and... And I'm Keith Isles, and we're both independent filmmakers who enjoy discussing movies and related topics. And for this uh, special tribute episode, um, we're very pleased to be joined by two special guests. We have uh, Samuel and George Clemens, collectively known as the Clemens Brothers. So well, welcome to the show, guys. Thank Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Good, Cheers, man. Good to have you on, and uh, you know, been a while since we've seen you both, so uh, good to see yeah. you. Um, obviously, uh, for the benefit of our listeners, before we actually get into the, the nuts and bolts of this particular episode, um, just wondered whether you could sort of introduce yourselves and talk a little bit about yourselves. And also, of course, you, you, you come from some legacy in the, in the film and television world as well. So, uh, tell us a little bit about that as well, please. Well, we're the sons of Brian Clemens who created the Avengers and Professionals. So we've grown up around the film industry and been very privileged to do so. Um, myself, I'm an editor, but I direct with Sam as well. Um, and we obviously produce, we've done a number of shorts, uh, one called Surge, which came out fairly recently. It's just finished its festival run and it's done Pretty well, 35 festivals and eight, is it eight awards? I think? Eight, eight. eight that's, awards. That's a good one. Um, so we're very pleased with that and that's shortly going to be released online. We're still working out where we're going to do do that. And that was Dad's last idea, yeah, wasn't it? that was Dad's very last, last idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, as an editor, I'm working on a couple of feature films. So just been working on one that we're almost at the pitch a lot now called Mother of All Secrets, which stars Kate Manty and Kelly McGuinness and... Kate Mansi just won an Emmy, so we're quite excited about where that's going to go distribution-wise. Kelly Gillis looks quite different. Yeah, from the top <laughs> and, um, 
And then the other one I worked on with the same company, TriVenture Films, by any means, is being released at the end of this month on iTunes. So, Leighton, this is your plug for any suite to fit in. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Um, Sam? So, uh, yeah, I'm Sam, and so the son of Brian Clement. Um, and we must mention, obviously, uh, he created the pilot for The Persuaders. Right, which is obviously uh, you know Roger Mortastic for yeah. this uh, episode, and um, yeah, so George and I, um, I trained as an actor. I trained at the Drama Centre London from nineteen ninety eight to two thousand one. Um, uh, Tom Hardy was in my year. For any kind of famous rubbish people want to know, um, he's who's Tom who? I was going to say, uh, yeah, God, he's, he's, barely not, he's not doing that well. Doing that well, is he? <laughs> a few adverts here and there. A few adverts, yeah. It's for yeah. Sky, Sky Mobile. For, uh, yeah, just, just don't steal his sugar. I won't, don't steal his, he gets very annoyed with that. Yeah. <laughs> Is he like that at drama school? Yeah, don't steal his sugar, sugar, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was his thunder that you'd been annoyed. <laughs> uh, well, he, uh, yeah, no, look, look, yeah, anyway. Um, so anyway, so I trained at the drama centre and, um, and uh, I've been working as an actor ever since, pretty much, in and out of, you know, a lot, I've probably done more theatre than, than anything else. I've been lucky to, to work with some great companies and some wonderful people. Um, and it was while I was at the uh, Royal Shakespeare Company that they, I don't know if they still do it now, but they have camera equipment and stuff. And they uh, allow the actors to basically make films because you're in Stratford-upon-Avon for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end of the, the, the sort of summer, they screen them at the local cinema. And that was my introduction to sort of making films as a part. I was just so concerned with being an actor. that This was uh, something different. And Matthew Reese, who's gone on to be very famous in The Americans and Brothers and Sisters and all that kind of stuff. He was Romeo in Romeo and Juliet, we were doing. And he directed a, a short that he wrote called Goodfellas, which was a parody of Goodfellas, where instead of we're selling drugs, we're selling sonnets and quartos and folios. <laughs> well, it was so much fun. I mean, he shot the whole film in the day. And the reason I mention it is because that was my sort of... I, I just got the bug of, oh, my God, you can just go out with a camera with your mates and make a film. Like, I just didn't... Even though we came from this sort of, you know, from... Uh, this 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 industry well our father being in this industry and being on sets and stuff it always just felt quite far away because of the amount of money that's involved mm. in it but suddenly just to see a load of guys just with a camera and just let's go and shoot something and then screen at the end and it be in the cinema you know just for an audience I just was like we've got to do this and that was the I got the bug and then rang George and George obviously was an editor and was starting out and just thought well you have all those skill sets which I have no idea of how do you do that I've had to learn subsequently since then. You're a bit better now. Yeah, a bit, bit better. Um, and, uh, and from my sensibility, we thought it'd be a good idea to, to bring them together and, yeah. um, and see if we could start making stuff. And we've been sort of learning what not to do better each time, I, I suppose. Um, yeah. Yeah. But we, we've, done, um, we've, we've made, uh, how many shorts do you know? We've gone fishing, the lighter, dress rehearsal, surgery. And then, no. this, and then this late, latest one, Say No, which we're about to do a crowdfunding campaign for. And then we've got um, a feature film called The Still, which we've uh, is is ready to go, which is a, a, f- a feature horror, which is our dad's last script before he passed away, which we were writing together. So we have that, and this theatre production that I've just directed uh, called Strictly Murder, which is by uh, uh, my dad, um, which is on a big national tour, the Talking Scarlet. We're looking at developing that into a film as mm-hmm. well uh, because it's quite filmic anyway, and it sort of made sense. And we remember discussing and talking to him about it. When he was alive, uh, it would make quite an interesting film. And um, yeah, now to expand the world a little yeah, bit. But, yeah, yeah. But it'd, it'd be, it'd, 
sort of reminiscent of the hateful eight is kind of what we're going for we've mm-hmm. got some outside elements but essentially it's all contained to the one cabin so so that's that's what we're doing at the moment i suppose we've got a short film say no and then strictly murder in the still and and looking after dad's legacy really and discovering mm-hmm. millions of ideas and scripts of what we should look at developing or not developing do we make a book do we not make a book all these kind of things so mm-hmm. there's just there's it's you know it's quite daunting. Yes. In, it, even though it's lovely, it's quite daunting. I have to say, there's so much that he didn't. As much of stuff he made, there's as much that he didn't make mm. that we can go Those through. Those unproduced scripts, mm. etc. I mean, obviously, that's how myself and Simon came to know you guys. You know, yeah. some years ago now was was through your short films. It was actually the screening of the lighter, which yeah. kind of was what. I guess prompted this one could say quite sad episode in yeah. some respects because I was just thinking it's not only um this is not only really a tribute episode to Sir Roger Moore but it's also I guess a tribute episode to your dad as well a little because bit we're, we're, yeah. we're getting to you know talk about him and in his work and mm-hmm. you know we want to obviously respect that yeah. as well yeah. um sadly one of the things Simon and I were saying about movie heaven movie hell is you, you know we could almost do a podcast just on the people who are sadly no longer with us because they just seem to be... You you realise you're reaching a certain age when your childhood heroes start to gradually die off and uh, it's it's, it's very sad indeed, but we we kind of look at it... 2016 was particularly bad. Well, yes, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. Heroes from from stage, screen, front of the camera, behind the camera, music, absolutely. Uh, You know, towards the end of the year, Mm -hmm. I felt like my entire childhood was being stripped away Mm -hmm. from me when, you know, there was... George Michael and yeah. Carrie Fisher and Prince. So we could do do one every every time, but yeah. there are some that we talk mm. about lots in episodes, and obviously things such as the Bond movies, for example, are always being mentioned. So we felt that it's, uh, a it would be a good opportunity to to put out a tribute for that, but B, it was the sort of the perfect opportunity to get you guys as guests on the show, which you know we've been no, trying to do. We're very privileged. While, I, I, <laughs> I do listen to some of your podcasts sometimes. I really like I really like them. I think they're great. And I always thought, I wonder how we can how can we get in? And then you called me. So it was it was sort of serendipity really. So yeah. And I I love the fact that it's become the lighter was the way we met, and now mm, that's well, full, full circle. Yeah, it, exactly. what the film does. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly what the film does. Yeah, yeah. that's very true. Well, yes. I mean, for those who haven't seen the lighter, it's um, it's it's kind of interesting because you kind of you get caught by surprise by Roger Moore's well voice because yeah. yeah. he, he doesn't appear in the film, but his voice does, and because you've been following this one character and his friend, you. Uh, you, you don't quite expect it, so when it comes along, it it does really lift the film yeah. up. It made me howl with laughter. Yeah. I have to say. <laughs> well, a lot of people said, "God, you got a really good Roger Moore soundalike." There, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Really? Yeah, <laughs> really." Well, you know, funnily enough, you know. Um, but no, it was a, and we've we've just we put it out online again, and we put it on Vimeo. Um, yeah, uh, basically, I think the next or next day or two days afterwards, because we thought, you know, it'd be nice. To, for anyone to listen to it and, and oh, sorry to see it and yeah, hear his voice yeah. and because he was sort of doing Bond again you know it kind yeah. of it was and, and it was it was you know a nice way to remember him mm, yeah. you know we're very 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 privileged to have worked with him and um, yeah I mean we didn't yeah. actually know we'd get that opportunity when when we were writing well when Sam was writing the script we kind of thought about it and 
we thought the character in his head is Bond, and we said, we said, well, obviously our family does have a connection because when mm-hmm. he was filming the scene, our dad was doing the Avengers, so they'd often play pranks on each other. But we thought there's a chance we can get him, so let's just go for it and write it. And obviously at this point he's living out in Switzerland as well, and not back in the UK that often, but. As luck would have it, through our dad, we managed to get an introduction to him. And well, he actually just wrote a letter right. without us knowing. And then right. he went, oh, by the way, Roger will do your film. And I was like, what? We weren't even ready. I hadn't, even, I hadn't cast anything. I was like, so we got the voiceover way before we filmed it. Oh, right. like way before. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because we were like, well, he, he said, well, Roger, Roger will meet you um, at the... Dorchester. No, it wasn't Dorchester. Dorchester. It, was, it was that octagon-shaped hotel. I think it might have been called the octagon. I don't know what it's called, but it's in Knightsbridge. <laughs> but it's, it's literally like a weird sort of octagon-shaped thing. And um, he'll give you, was it half an hour? Half an hour, 40 minutes. Yeah, and he gave us over an hour of his time, and he was lovely and all that stuff. But So we had that way up front. And mm. then we had to, we were like, well, we've got this. We have to now, build we have to now build it. something around it, that, that we, whether we're ready or not, you know. So it was kind of, it was nice that Dad sort of went, get on with it. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> so it was the catalyst yeah. you making your film. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And uh, how nervous were you going up to that hotel room? <laughs> Pretty nervous. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't, but as soon as we got in, it was, it was actually fine because he's so relaxed and joking because he's, knows the same people we do in terms of like our dad and his stuntman Ray Austin and stuff like we and see had a connection there and then he would joke with us about various stories and the funny thing is like we'd hear stories from Ray and then Roger would tell them but everything was reversed so ah. we've never been sure who's, who's, <laughs> who's telling the truth, truth. it's <laughs> hilarious but the other thing, I mean, he he immediately disarms you. I mean, I know it's really weird, but he looks like James Bond. I know that right. sounds insane, but because he he was. But when you meet him, or when, if you ever met him, he was dressed so impeccably. Mm-hmm. He just looked like that true English. Everything was perfect. Yeah, he just looked amazing. And I, I remember saying, uh, you know, th- thank you very much, Roger, for agreeing to, to give us your time for this. Uh, how is your journey here? He's like, fucking dreadful. Yeah. <laughs> right? That was the first thing he said. <laughs> and the moment, you know, when, you know, your hero swears like that in front of you, it just, it just disarms you. And then yeah. the rest of it was, was great. And I think, you know, a lot of, he was very self-deprecating, would always, you know, put himself down as a terrible actor and say he was awful and all that kind of stuff. And I can tell you the the, the performance in the lighter, I would say eighty percent, maybe more of it, is the first take. He just was brilliant, and he was very good. Like he really committed to it, and he there was no kind of joking around when he was doing it. Like mm. he really was very, very interesting, and he changed it around a bit. And you know, I, you know, I, you know, our very first pieces of direction were to Roger Moore, but you mm. you didn't really need to direct him too much. You just wow. sort of yeah. you know say tr- you want to try something else, or let's try it like this, or you know, like. I don't remember having to direct him very much at no, all. We, we didn't really. I mean, the only things we had to do a few more takes because he was getting very irritated. There were some people in the room next door who kept being loud every now and again, and so that would that would come in and he'd be saying half of his speech, and it'd be like, "Well, except for the bloody people next door, or fucking yeah. people next door." Or whatever, <laughs> yeah, yeah we got quite a few <laughs> blue outtakes. Yeah, yeah, some blue takes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, when you think about it, for, for our generation. I mean, growing up, he was he was Bond. Mm, I mean, yeah. and, and and you know, you know, people sort of forget. Not he also did the most amount of consecutive Bond films of any of them yeah. to date, mm-hmm. and seven, he did seven official mm-hmm. ones. You know, 
in one go. Obviously, Sean did six, uh, or he did five. Mm. Then he then he went away. Then he came back, and then there was a long gap when he did the unofficial one. Mm. So so Roger actually did the most and was Bond for the longest period of time. I mean, from you know nineteen seventy two seventy three right the way through to eighty five. Yeah. So yeah. You, you know you can't. You've got to give. You know, people always say about their favourite Bond is and whatever, but you know, he was the one we grew up with, and he was he did the most yeah, so yeah. far. So, and I remember, I do remember being disappointed with Timothy Dalton, even though you know he's you know actually when you look at them now, they're still they're quite good films, but it's just the level of charm. Like Roger just had, I mean, just oozed it. Mm. There's that wonderful story on. I'm sure people have seen the tweet with going viral, wasn't it, about the guy who young boy who met him on the airport did you see that no. so he he uh this little little boy uh, before uh, you had the vip lounges he saw that you know james bond was sat there and he, he asked it was with his granddad and asked him to go over and can he you know meet meet james bond and he walked over and said you know well i uh, my, my my grandson says that you're famous would you sign this and he was like, oh, yes of course and signed it gave it back to him and as the kid walked back to his chair he realized that it Definitely didn't say James Bond, <laughs> and he was really heartbroken. And, and so his granddad won't be. But he said that your name is. He could read it. Sort of said Roger Moore. He said, but I thought he said your name is James Bond. And he realised, and he called the boy over and, and and said, he goes, I have to sign my name as Roger Moore because otherwise Blofeld might find yeah. out. Yes. Right? <laughs> and signed it as James Bond and said yeah, they're working together. And then years later, when he was in his thirties. He met him because he was interviewing him, or he was a camera operator, I yeah. think, or something at a UNICEF thing, and um, and he told him the story of when he met, and, and he sort of didn't remember and, uh, really, and said it was all, you know, it was very nice that they got he got to meet James Bond and everything, and then later, you know, in the interview, as they were they were leaving in the corridor, uh, as he was passing him, he he leant over to him. And said, well, of course, I remember our meeting. He goes, but you never know if any of these cameramen are working for Bluefield. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. But that does sum him up. That's yeah. his humour. And that was, he was so brilliant with, with people and, and, and so funny, so mm -hmm. funny. And like the stories of my dad telling him about him and, you know, so naughty. Because they were making the Avengers on the same, in the same studio as The Saint. That's why dad never wrote for The Saint, because he was too busy writing for The Avengers. But Patrick Manee and Roger got on quite well, and and they, you know, there was a lot of pranking that would go on in each other's, you know, yeah. for, uh, each other's sets. Well, I mean, they worked together on uh, uh, License to Kill, I uh, know View to Kill, View, View to, to Kill, kill. <laughs> yeah. and Sherlock Holmes, and Sherlock Holmes, Holmes. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, he he was, you know, known as kind of the funny Bond, if you like, out of them, I guess, and uh, also. Uh, there are lots of stories that he was quite a prankster on set, um, you know, with especially like with Desmond Llewellyn, who played Q. He used to play lots of practical jokes on. Apparently, they they say in a lot of the well, interviews. I can tell you one if you want about but, when he was on the event on the Avengers. I can't remember who. I think it was someone had done something to him. Was that right? Yeah, someone drawers, I think. Yeah, um, someone had done something to him on the on the Saint. I think it was it was probably Tara King or I don't know. He put he put awful messages in each drawer. Every time he opened something it said something disgusting. Um, oh, to, it, to Roger. To, to yeah. put him off while he's doing the scene so he'd keep discovering things that were you know. I think it was like, it must have been it must have been Patrick McNeil that did it and put like things in drawers that yeah, like, like that little note saying, Oh, you're a twat or whatever or something. <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, yeah, probably I, much worse. I, I, than I, that. I'm suddenly feeling really rude now, like we didn't introduce our really special guest. Yes. So, 
we actually have Mrs. Clemens here. Yes. Uh, who, Hello. <laughs> who said she didn't want to be introduced, but now oh, you've I'm entered the conversation well, yes, you're I in. To, I had to correct them. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, hey, please. It's yeah, a lifetime's no. work, right? <laughs> Correcting them, yeah. <laughs> but he, uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> but he did a... a uh, so his prank, they were doing shooting an episode of The Avengers where... It was down in a, a, a mortuary, I think, or, um, and and on lunch, um, everyone obviously cleared for lunch, and there was a coffin, and so Roger went and got in the coffin, and stayed in there all lunch, right? <laughs> Probably an, an hour or so, <laughs> waiting for them all to come back. So they're ready to shoot. Everyone's there. Tara kicks there, and then another action. He goes, ah! and he just came out of the coffin. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that will be on film somewhere. That will be a take somewhere where you know him messing around. Wow. <laughs> no, it's it's good when they find those things I, I, on some of the uh, the Blu-rays for the the Bond films. They 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 found a few sort of outtakes and added them. And also the other thing that that you know Sir Roger was very good at doing was he would record commentaries for, well, not only his Bond films, but most films he was in. He spent the last few years going through and actually recording audio commentaries for them. And I, li- I listened to a few this week to sort of honour oh, the man oh, on some of the Bond films because I know them very well. And uh, it's interesting because when he introduces them, he says, this isn't really a commentary on, on what you're seeing. It's just kind of my memories of what was going on in my life around the, the filming of this. That's and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's he, you know, he really embraced right up to, to, to his death. He embraced the Bond fans and the community. And, you know, we, we did a podcast with the guys from James Bond Radio and um, he actually they interviewed him for a special episode. So wow. he, he, he was really supportive of, of it all right up to the end. And uh, and as you've mentioned, you, you know, of course, he did fantastic work with UNICEF as well. Yeah. So, um you know, he, he was a true gent. He really indeed. was, yeah. yeah. He was a yeah. lovely man. And um, Dad was very fond of him. You you met him quite a few yes, times. Yes, a few times, yes. I mean, he was a, I mean, you just didn't actually have to say anything. You just let him speak because he was so funny. I mean, he I went to dinner, um, I think it was the White Elephant that used to be in Curzon Street. And uh, we went for dinner there. There was a big round table and he was just stood up and sort of welcomed everybody and sat down and chatted and things and he, he just took the floor and told joke after joke after joke and we were absolutely you know crying with laughter he was just so funny and t- well obviously as you've all been saying so terribly charming mm-hmm. looked absolutely immaculate you know and I was quite young at the time and I sort of you know you think oh he's a gorgeous man at <laughs> 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 well, the same table as Roger Moore it was wonderful wow. yeah he was great no he he, he was indeed and it's 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 very sad but hey what what a life what a legacy um you know the man had so um i think we were going to talk about obviously the really interesting bits to hear your experiences of working with him which is great but we were going to talk about some of our if you like movie heaven picks for sir roger and um always kind of like the guests to go first so uh is is there a particular film i know you've mentioned a couple that you want to Talk well, about. We, we just thought. We, I mean, I I played Sherlock Holmes on stage not too long ago, and so I was re- I was researching and watching a lot of Sherlock Holmes movies to see just to get a feel for the character and everything. And I came across I didn't realise that Roger Moore played Sherlock Holmes once in Sherlock Holmes in New York with Patrick Mcnee as Watson mm-hmm. and John Huston in it. 
And yeah, it's Moriarty. Moriarty. And, and Charlotte, Charlotte Rampling. Yeah. It's Irene Adler. Yeah, I know. It's... And and I just thought, this. What, why has no one seen this? And I watched it. And yes, it's a it's a little camp and creaky, but I I, I thought he was great as a as a Sherlock Holmes. I thought, you know, he, he was quite modern in his, the way that he was doing it. It was a little close to Bond, but I thought that we I, I would maybe talk about that one a little bit or discuss that one because I just thought that was probably the most recent Roger film that I've seen, even mm-hmm. though it's probably about a year and a half, two years ago that I saw it. I haven't, I haven't actually watched a, a Roger Moore film for, for a while, yeah. actually. I'm sure now they're going to be... They're, well, they are oh, yeah, they're all, 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 all the time. Yeah. And uh, But whenever a Bond film comes on, it's Roger. You know, it's, you know, it's like Jaws, once they're on, you just... Leave them. You leave them on. You should go, well, you know, it's because it's, it's, it's nostalgic, isn't it? But yeah. this was so interesting because it was something that I'd never, I didn't know existed. Um, and I just thought, what a wonderful thing is, uh, knowing that, that Patrick McNee and, and Roger Moore had this relationship and had, you know, I just thought it was perfect. I thought they really worked very, very well together and yeah. um, were very complimentary. I mean, Patrick, you know, sort of had to take the back seat a little bit, but he'd already done that in a Bond film. Yes. You know, yeah. so they already had that, you know. Well, was... he, he made his um, Watson very sort of Nigel Bruce-ish, did, yeah. didn't he? Uh, yeah. He definitely sort of took a, a leaf from, from that book. Mm. But, um, yeah, I, I, I saw it recently. Um, I'm, you know, quite a sort of Sherlock Holmes fan. In fact, I'm quite envious that you've got to play him. That's, that's Well, a, I mean, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the only, the only reason was that we, we were going to direct it. That was going to be our director, directorial theatre debut. Um, it was Dad's play, Holmes and the Ripper. Okay. Um, he wrote, wrote a stage version of uh, Sherlock Holmes Investigating Jack the Ripper. And um, then he passed away in January 2015, and it was going to be going on in 2015. And the producer, the same producer of Strictly Murder, said, well, I think it would be a lovely tribute if you played Sherlock. And I was like, well, no one is ever going to ask me to play yeah, Sherlock ever amazing. again. Yeah. So I'm going to say yes, even if I was quite young. But we did something where we took, we made the, what my Watson was in his 50s and I was in my 30s. So it's yeah. a slightly different. Um, kind, kind of like what they do with Sherlock now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah a little contemporized version. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or even the Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, movies, but uh, but that's why I, I was researching it and looking at it was, was because I was like, God, how am I going to play this? You know? Yeah, well, it, I mean, it is interesting because obviously that was a film he made between. Uh, there was obviously a gap between Man with the Golden Gun and Spy Who Loved Me, and that was one of the films that he did in between that. And mm. uh, what, what's interesting is it's got all of these sort of you know, various tropes from the canon of Sherlock Holmes, but at the same time, it's kind of its own thing removed from the, the canon of work. And obviously there's, you know, there's, there's this whole thing about the potential son, which is obviously Roger Moore's son in real life. Yeah. yeah. Um, which obviously is completely non-Sherlock Holmes. That's <laughs> completely bringing <laughs> Bond to Sherlock. <laughs> but, uh, but it is an entertaining movie nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really was... I was prepared to think this was going to be all. I was like, well, if no, if we've never seen it, it's going to be horrendous. Obviously, they've tried to bury it, or it's just not done any business. But then, you know, I thought it was un- unfair that it didn't get more. Well, I think more... it was a TV film. Yeah, yes, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, but yeah, uh, I think it's actually it's quite, quite a good fun. It's good fun. Yeah. It's good fun, and, and I think because you know, you pretty much know everyone in it. Yeah, you know what? You know all these great actors and you know, John John Houston, which is hilarious. But he was very, he was quite interesting. It was good. It was sort of a, you know, having 
having sort of Steed and Bond together in that world was quite fun. I just yeah. thought, I mean, obviously, you know, it's, maybe it has a little more resonance because of, you know, our heritage with, with the Avengers and everything. But I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and thought it was, a, uh, if, if people are fans of Sherlock Holmes or, or Roger Moore, we should absolutely say, I, I, I thought he would have made quite a nice Sherlock Holmes if they'd done a series of, of you know, if he'd had a chance to do more than one film. Mm. You know, I thought he would be quite good. He, he sort of, he wasn't as, um, co- I mean, he was comedic in it, but not as comedic as he is in Bond. He wasn't as sort of, because that's what he said about Bond. I mean, we met him. He said, you can't play a spy like this seriously because he comes into a bar and says, hello, my name's Bond, James Bond. He doesn't even attempt <laughs> to have a pseudonym <laughs> or a code name. Yeah. And he goes, oh, the, the spy is in, he's in, yeah, yeah. he's in this hotel and he's in, you know, uh, 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 Number 49, yeah, he's just there. You can go and kill him. So that's why he played it with that level of humour, because he thought I could, that was his, his reasoning, yeah. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I think. Um, but yeah, in the other film, I suppose... We... Well, it's Man with the Golden Gun is the other one. I mean, instantly, as you said earlier, it's, for me, it's between the spy love and Man with the Golden Gun, but Man with the Golden Gun just sort of... I don't know, sort of just took it for me, because I just found the kind of settings and the characters within it, and people he has interactions with are so enjoyable like I love the knickknack character and the hilarious moment where he puts him in a suitcase and <laughs> I think he's thrown him overboard but actually he hasn't um, and obviously you've got Christopher Lee mm-hmm. another fantastic actor so a great bad guy. And, great and they just you know they've got such a great chemistry together and I just felt like out of most of the bonds I felt like they bounced off each other a lot better and it's a really amazing character to play like Scaramanga with the you know, being assassined, you know, it's mm-hmm. cool. And you've got, and, and even the sort of Western elements to the sort of standoff with the, you know, let's see who's a better marksman and all mm-hmm. that. And there's just, to me, there's just lots of really nice little moments within that that I just really kind of enjoyed. And, and you know, it, it's, it stuck with me more than any of the others. I mean, Spy Love Me is always stuck with me mainly because of the submarine car and I just loved it and I was as toy as a kid and I was yep. that that and obviously we had the Aston Martin Caroline wasn't it yeah Caroline, Caroline Monroe, Monroe. 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 Oh, well. I love Caroline yeah. Monroe we, yes. we, 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 we can get her for yeah. you <laughs> we can get Martin Bezik as well yeah Martin Bezik as well she, she was, was in, in two she was in two yeah so they'd happily talk to you because right. I, I went to end of last year I went to Sardinia and uh, actually managed to find a bit of beach. <laughs> and I drove the hire car that I wasn't supposed to drive on the beach down and recreated the scene. Only it wasn't quite as cool. <laughs> instead, of, instead of being a, a Lotus Esprit, it was uh, like a, a, a Citroen C1. <laughs> but I, I found a bit of wood that doubled as the fish and threw it out the window as I went past. And yeah, it was a like, GoPro, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, had to be, it just had to be done, didn't it? So... Um, um, but uh, in interesting, our last tribute episode that yeah. we did was was Sir Christopher Lee, and yeah. Um, I, I yeah talked quite a lot on that one about Man with the Golden Gun because that yeah. was actually my pick. Yeah. Um, because it, for the same reason you just said, I thought he was a fantastic um, Bond villain, and 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 often the success of a Bond film sort of does rely on on how strong the the, the villain is as well, as well as obviously the. The yeah, of course. The Bond I mean, girls. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah. most that's you know I mean if we go a bit off tangent, but that's the reason why so many Marvel films people think you know the best ones have been the ones with Loki because he's been the best developed you know villain and without without a villain of equal caliber and 
with the backstory as the heroes, it's just not as interesting. So, you know, that's very important. And Christopher Lee did that fantastically well. It's a really interesting, crafted villain and a, and a different kind of villain mm. than we've seen before in a Bond film. You kind of want them both to win, yeah. in a way. There's like a, yeah. you know, it's that classic. And of course, he's played Sherlock Holmes as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So many people yeah. have. Have you, have you met him? Did, did you meet I Christopher Lee? No. I've met Christopher oh. Lee. Yeah, yeah. I went to um, Ray Austin's Did you fancy house. him as well? No, I have to say, it sounds awful, but he was so boring. Oh. He was the most boring man I think I've ever met. He sort of sat there and chatted, and it was just, he had no sort of sense of humor. It just, it was, Brian and I sort of sat there and I said to Brian, he gets like this. And it's, it's, <laughs> and, you know, but I mean, he just, he just talked. I mean, Roger talked, but he was terribly entertaining. Mm -hmm. Christopher just liked the sound of his voice, you know, this lovely, I mean, beautiful voice, mm -hmm. but uh, just kept talking and talking and talking and, and I was sort of almost nodding <laughs> off. And, you, know. you can see that, I think when he comes back on the, I think it's the Hobbit film, first Hobbit, when he comes back, mm -hmm. and, they do, and Peter Jackson had to shoot a section of it here in England, Yeah, and, and he, he He's telling story after story, and you can see Peter Jackson. There, I think on the making of, they're all like, "We've really got to get on with filming because it's just going on and on and on and on." But then he's got loads. Of yeah, he's got loads. Because he's, he's worked, with, he's worked so, with everyone. He's worked yeah. With him. But um, but I think that's a. I think it's a good point that, that, that you know he's a he is a well developed bad guy. But I feel like Man with the Golden Gun for some reason was the Bond that I just saw the most. Mm -hmm. It was the one that I always caught or that was on. Moonraker I saw a lot as well, but I suppose that was around the Star Wars period and they were trying to do their Star Wars thing. But, you know, Man with the Golden Gun just seemed to be on a lot. And so I watched a lot and you have that sort of bit where they're in the, the what do I want to say, not the maze, the, the, that sort of games room, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, the is, mirrors room. The mirrors room. Yeah, and, yeah. and all that stuff's great. I mean, it's ridiculous, but it's, but it's great. Oh, it's, yeah. And it stops it being about a guy wanting to, you know, Everything is about blowing the world up or, you know, doing something that's, you know, so... But it became a bit more mano a mano with that, which I think is quite nice. You know, like the... the what's the... Um, no, he's not, he's not going after armies or anything. He's going after one man who's, you know... And... Well, yeah, I've spoken before about how I thought that they could have made it far more interesting if it had been just Scaramanga and Bond just on that island <laughs> going mano a mano. Instead of having the whole uh, partners in Japan, isn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, 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 and the partly racist sheriff and <laughs> <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. Which well, there's a lot of cringeworthy stuff mm -hmm. in Mount with the Golden Gun, mm -hmm. but, but there's was, cool stuff as yeah, well. But I mean, know? that was one of the things I think that sort of uh, differentiated the Roger Moore Bond to Sean Connery was the fact that you had some of these repeating characters. So you had the sheriff mm -hmm. who was in uh, Live and Let Die. Yeah. And then, of course, you had Jaws, mm, who yeah. came back from uh, Spy Love Me and was in Moonraker. Yeah, whereas whereas prior to that, you'd just add Felix Leiter, who was a different exactly. actor in, ev in yeah. every one of Sean's. There was not mm. one, one repeat of, of Felix being the and same guy. So. was always played by a different actor. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, but no, I mean, the thing that Roger did with Bond that was great as well is whereas, you, you know, with Lazenby, they tried to sort of make him look and act and, and be like Sean, whereas Roger just Did his totally took it in his own direction. And when you think about it, until Daniel Craig, he was the first actual Englishman to yeah. play Bond. Mm -hmm. All the others were British or 
well, Australian. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, um, but um, you know, Roger was the, 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 the true English gent. You know? Yeah. And it's um, funny because uh, Pierce Brosnan, um, he, he mentioned in the recent that his sort of inspiration really was was Roger. You know, like and you can see that. You can yeah. see it. I mean, and and, yeah. that, he, and and Pierce doesn't have as much charm, I think, as Roger, and that's why they don't they fail more than Roger. I think that the, the Dublin Chandras become a bit uh, a bit tasteless. Whereas at least in Rogers, yes, it's all a bit, it's all a bit racist, it's all a bit misogynist, and it's all but it's all kind of a bit you know tongue-in-cheek it really yeah, is tongue it was tongue-in-cheek you know? and I also think it was a sign of the times mm-hmm. I mean yeah. um you, you know uh you know the the, the Roger Moore films that Bond films are kind of ridiculous but um that was sort of that light 70s mood wasn't it whereas yeah. by the time they got to Brosnan particularly following Timothy Dalton you know things the world had got a lot more serious so yeah they were harder to pull off those those one-liners but um yeah yeah well they sort of the birth of the, all those kind of one line it was wasn't it I don't know I don't know who, who, who but I always think it think of sort of the the king of the one-liner who began was Clint Eastwood he sort of started yeah. it I think I might be wrong but that's where I felt like it's begun and then Arnie has sort of took it on yeah. his oh, yeah. on a completely new yeah. level but we don't have that really too much anymore like the, the way that they used to that I can no, think I mean, there's of. a few a few actors who get away Ryan with Reynolds it. gets away with yeah, it Ryan yeah, Reynolds in a uh, Dwayne Johnson can pull it off he's, he's he's probably the closest we have to a modern day Arnie nowadays like he's got a lot of charm and obviously massively built and has does have some hilarious lines. Um, <laughs> and but it's changed a lot, isn't yeah. it? The, 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 that, that kind of action here has changed because you know he, he would have to be I your think just now, filmmaking in yeah. general has changed a lot yeah. completely. Yeah, because yeah. I mean it's we remember a lot of the lines say from Arnie films, but uh, I can't remember a single mm. line that. Uh, Dwayne Johnson's episode. No. So, but also yeah. I think the, the uh, and this is obviously going beyond you know just talking about Roger. But I think the difference for film, film industry now is that we don't watch anything twice. This is right. It sounds almost like a Bond title. That yeah. we don't watch we'll anything twice. twice. <laughs> um, yeah. but, 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 but no, I mean that, that, that's that's very true. I always yeah. think, oh, why can I never remember stuff? You know, now whereas I remember all the stuff when I was a kid. But the stuff when I was a kid. The Bond films, the Star Wars films, the Indiana Jones films, whatever, I would watch over and over and yeah, over yeah. again. Whereas nowadays, if I'm really impressed by something I see, I might watch it again, mm-hmm. maybe. But yeah. there's so much material out there, out there yeah. now, film and television-wise and theatre and whatever. I think that, also, as adults, we... We like variety. As a kid, you just love if you something you love something, then you really love it. It's That's like true. that one toy that you're always going to play with. So there's always going to be that one film that you're always going to watch. I mean, I remember watching Ghostbusters like every day during a summer holiday. Yeah. You know, I, hence why you get on with Anthony Bueno. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's it, it just. I mean, we don't have the time. I mean, that's true. I mean, we got jobs. I mean, we're recording well, even podcasts. doing the homework yeah. for these yeah. podcasts yeah. Yeah. is yeah. like, yeah. you know, yeah. absolutely. Do you know the time? Tra- driving me mad. There's a film that Roger was in that I loved. I can't remember the name of it, and he was a, a sea captain. Sort of had a lived in um, um, a lighthouse. North Sea hijack. That's it. Yes, I, where he played, he was very, he very was into grumpy. cats cat, rather cat, than cat cat girls. Yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> 
no, no entendres there, guys. No. Uh, but yeah, um, I was trying to find it. You yeah, found um, it first. I thought you probably Yeah, no, that, that's a great. I've not seen that in some years. No, I but haven't. But that I remember when one. I saw it. I thought, gosh, you're good in this because he wasn't anything. You know, remotely like Bond. In no, it. no, not really at all. grumpy. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And he says right at the beginning, "I hate girls." I was like, <laughs> like, it's like, really? Okay. Really? Have you seen your career? <laughs> you need to Roger more. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so it's, yeah, but no, man, man with the golden gun is 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 a great choice. So spy, love me. I mean, it's, yeah. again, it's hard to. Uh, it's, some feel. I mean, I, I was listening to the commentary actually by Roger and he feels that the spy who loved me was probably when he it became his bond and the reason he said that is he said for example in the man with the golden gun where he has to like twist Maud Adams arm and says yeah. that he'll break it he sort of felt that stuff was very much written for Sean yeah. rather than him mm-hmm. and uh, you know by the time they've got you know by the time Lewis Gilbert came on for um, spy who loved me they had a slightly different take on it and it, it was kind of almost because of the whole broccoli changeover it was almost kind of a reboot period mm, actually yeah. well i always say i always thought that octopussy was a, an apology to maud adams you know we sorry sorry we did this to you and man with the golden gun so here you are you've got like the 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 name role yeah in this film. and i love octopussy that's oh, one yeah, of my favorites yeah you know and of course um uh you, you know you you mentioned earlier that you were going to talk about Moonraker yeah. as well which yeah. I think you know a lot of people slag Moonraker off but oh, my god really that film's it. amazing yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah well I mean as a kid I was a big sci-fi fan so what more could you get with Bond in space, Bond in space. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the pitch yeah. Bond, well, Bond it was. I think, I think yeah. it literally was because because yeah. at the end of Spy Who Loved Me it does actually say that James Bond will return him for your eyes only okay because that's back when they they mm. were naming the next films. Yeah, yeah. But of course, he didn't come back in that. He came back in Moonraker, mm. which was obviously, as you'd already pointed out, a reaction to Star Wars and the yeah. fact that people wanted sci-fi films, etc. And, um, you know, Moonraker, I, I watched it, you know, not like, well, I watched it with his commentary, actually. But, yeah. um, you know, I mean, De- Derek Meddings, who's no longer with us as mm. well, sadly, but the, 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 the visual effects in Moonraker... Are absolutely fantastic considering. Apart from the snake. Apart from the rubber snake. Apart from the snake. (laughs) Yeah. This is one of those films where HD doesn't do it. No, that's true. (laughs) No, but the the space scenes, I mean, they they couldn't afford to do opticals on it, like with Star Wars, etc. And obviously it was pre CGI. So what they did was they would literally wind the film back in the camera and keep exposing it. And I think they exposed it 96 times for that space battle went around the space really? station yeah. which is risky yeah. mechanically yeah. anyway but i mean what a what artistry and patience to, to pull off something that looks that fantastic I, I now you know i now have way more respect for <laughs> yes. but that's the thing is that's why i was saying uh, before to you when we were talking downstairs that's strictly mad about about directing is that when you understand how these things are done and when you, the, you, I don't worry as a director too much about what people think of it because I know what it cost or yeah. didn't cost or the problems that we had that went out there to make it, you know. Um, so it's, it's yeah. very easy for other people to be an armchair director. Oh, we, God, we've yeah. all had it. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody said, well, why didn't you have this shot in it? Or why? 
you know, you weren't there. You don't know what our day was like. <laughs> yeah, why didn't you have a helicopter? Yeah. I don't know. Why didn't we have, have a, a helicopter? helicopter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. You got any money for a helicopter? Yeah. And I mean, the things they pulled off as well, like mm. that, that opening sequence in Moonraker oh, with the, uh, the, the aerial flight, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. thing. It's just amazing, you know, yeah. that they did that for real, apart from the sort of close-ups. But, yeah. you know, the rest of it... Um, you know, they found a way to achieve that and a way to shoot that and a way to yeah, well, that's do that. the nice thing of these, you know, the old films is that it feels more exciting and real because the stunts are, you know, real. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously there are a lot of films that do a lot of great stunts, but to <coughs> give you an example, Mad Max, I know they went through all this effort to make the car chase real and everything, but for me it didn't feel dangerous or that exciting because they'd thrown all these extra CGI elements around that, I looked at the original Mad Max and I was like, that looks amazing. And there's mm. nothing, there's, yeah. there's no extra elements. And I this you throw all that. And especially I was just like, Mad Max 2, which... Yeah, the oh, Mad Max 2 is The thing, you know, the stunt in uh, Mad Max 2 where the guy does the motorcycle and he just flips like this. Mm. I mean, a total accident. And the guy did end up in hospital. And I'm sure nobody on Fury Road ended up in hospital. No, but I mean, it's so difficult to, I mean... To do those kind of things, I mean, well, even health and safety, yeah, health yeah. and safety. I mean, yeah. even where we are here in this in this yeah, theatre, they, they've done it. With the that. guns in the guns in this play. Yeah. We have to. There's all these forms and everything inside yeah, the course. terrorism act and everything, but just to have you know replica weapons. Oh, you know, yeah. unbelievable yeah. amounts of, of stuff to you know. So it's so much more difficult to to do those things. Yeah. I mean, and interestingly, our um, family friend uh, Ray Austin, he was Roger Moore's stunt double for a long time. Right. So they knew each other very, very well. Didn't they? Um, but yeah, you know, most of those actors, they, they never do any of that stuff. You know, they're, they're, they're you know, not going to break a sweat for that. They get the stunt man to do it. Whereas I was now, say, Roger wasn't really renowned for doing his own stunts, was he? No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Dad always used to say that he really looked after himself. He didn't okay. go out and get absolutely trashed or anything. He really, he understood that. You know the way that he looked and the way that he was was his his bread and butter. So he sort of you know took care of himself and was never a major party animal in that way. I can you know, so you know I think that takes a lot of uh, restraint. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of it, particularly in our industry. Our industry is just full of, as, as you know, of parties and mm. going out and you know. Yeah. Really? I'm really? You're never really in the wrong, no, really no, in the wrong yeah. place, yeah. mate. Oh no. I've, Clearly uh, not made it. You've but, never been to Cannes, have you? I have, yes. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, that was the thing. When I when he first started playing Bond and I, I discovered that Roger Moore was actually older than Sean Connery, I was like, really? Mm-hmm. You know, because I thought the reason he'd taken over, you know, when I was younger, yeah. was because they got a younger actor in to play. Mm-hmm. So you're right. I mean, he really did sort of take care of himself and look fantastic in, uh, in Live and Let Die, you know, as... Which is the one that's terrible with the greatest opening sequence ever with the parachute? What's that oh, one? Uh, Spy Love Spy Love Me. Spy that, Love I mean, Me, yeah. and, that, and he will always... I still think that is the greatest, you know, yeah. piece of that. That's what everyone thinks of, I think, with Bond. Oh, yeah. Is that? Is the scale <laughs> and, and the And the Union Jack yeah. parachute I mean, it's is just... amazing. Well, first of all, yeah, again, the secret agent in a banana yellow yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> ski suit with a red backpack. Saying and then, James Bond. And then a parachute that opens out into the Union Jack. I mean, it's, it's, like, it's ridiculous in itself, but wonderful, yeah. Well, they sort of, even even when in the Olympics, I mean, you know, when they did the Daniel Craig thing jumping out. Of, oh, so it was the Queen jumping. Yes. The queen. Queen. But even that was, that's really Spy Love Me, isn't it? it? Is. That's the, it's still, that's how, 
I think influential he was as as Bond. And I'm going to do something now um, because obviously Dad wrote the pilot for the Persuaders. That is the original script of the pilot of the Persuaders, right there. Wow, which is pretty cool. <laughs> only we weren't just audio. audio. Yeah. Like, yeah. This like, is to uh, really tantalise like, audio. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it there. Yeah. It's like, here's the Hope Ruby. Here's the <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so wow, how cool you know, is that? Dad wrote the pilot for it, so that was, um, you know, back in, I think, when was that? Early um, 70s, 70s, was it? Yeah, yeah. Very early 70s, yeah, because it was... Yeah, it was a bit of um. I've not I've not seen many of the persuaders, mm. but it was a bit of a. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it was a bit of a image change for Roger from from the saint. Yes, to the persuaders. So I can't help but notice that the the name of the show is very different to how it ended up. Friendly persuaders. Yeah, friendly persuaders. Well, how? Where? Why did the name change? I or? have no idea. No, like we, I, I, you know, guess they weren't that friendly. I think you know, Dad wasn't too. I mean, by seeing the amount of work that he has written that has not been produced, you can see that he was not precious about anything. He'd just get on with it and change it and change it to get it. He loved having material out there. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, so many, there's so many title changes of his, of his plays and films all the time. I mean, the, the, you know, the, um, what was it called? The Professionals originally was going to be called The A Squad. Interesting. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah. we said, that's a ridiculous name. No one ever called that. And like, you know, six months later, we have The A Team, yeah. which came out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then... We used to love The Professionals. Yeah, yeah. great, great. There's a great Blu-ray out of that, actually. Yes, I know, we've got it. Yeah, they yes. send... The, we, we, that's you get one that we get, we get the Blu-ray. Yeah, 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 we don't get very much for free, but we, we do. Yeah, we get that one. Um, but... Was he involved in the? I never ever saw any of them, but there was a, a reboot series, the yeah. New Professionals yeah, or whatever. Was he involved in that yeah. as well? Yeah. yeah. That, when that, was that? It was, that was in '98, I think. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. Which unfortunately probably would have done better because I mean, in terms of scale and production, it was a million per episode, so it was wow. They were shot in thirty-five. Shot in thirty-five. So they looked great, and you know they had great set pieces. But at the time, the producers decided to go for a slightly higher purchase price with Sky. As opposed to go to the BBC, right? Which at well, this, ITV was not. Oh, it's ITV. ITV. But, yeah, but at this point, obviously, very few people had Sky. It was much more. You know, I'd say maybe five, ten percent of the country probably had Sky. So, you know, it's in. It, it's it's not. It's not like it is now. If it, if they did that now, then it would be all over. You know, video on demand and catch up, and mm. you would get the screen time. But that it kind of. Had its showing and then kind of nothing else happened. Oh, what a shame! And Edward and what, Woodward was it, was I was going to say, what, was it a, a a sequel or or a complete reboot? No, it was. What, a, they didn't. They weren't called right. Bodie and Doyle. They were called no. Keel and Curtis. Right. Um, so they were new agents. Um, uh, and what was his name? Cowley. No, Cowley was the original. What was his name? Um, oh, oh, Gordon Jackson. Wasn't yeah, Gordon it? Jackson played Cowley, but Edward Woodward's character. I'm trying to remember what, what um, he was. Another. Yeah. Oh, Edward Woodward was in it. Edward Woodward was playing oh, the George, okay. the, the Gordon Jackson role. Yeah. In fact, oh, that's fantastic. I can't, I've got to. It's a good name. I mean, that one, Dad did. He he wrote good names. You know, he had, he had good uh, character names. Short really. because he didn't want to type long names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It's, but that really is. Fact, it, it just well, well, had to well, do it Brian, by. Brian always had a, a normal, uh, what I call an old-fashioned typewriter. Right. Never, never use a computer. Or anything like that. Wow. Yeah. 
Oh, it's not loading now. But um, I want to find out. But it's a good name. But um, but it was. It was. It was. You know, it was a good series. And they shot abroad. They shot in South Africa. They sort of shot all over the world. And it was a real shame that it didn't. It didn't um, do the business that it probably would have done today. Um, but I know that Dad was um, disappointed that, for example. Cal Weber, one of them, one of the boys was um, Canadian. He was, and he played it, you know, with a Canadian accent. He didn't play it uh, British, um, and he didn't. Um, he was never shown an episode of The Professionals. What? He'd never seen anything of it. So they had gone into it not knowing, you know, um, what was going on. So, uh, you know, that there were. It wasn't treated, I think, with as much care as the original series was although the original series there was a lot of problems on it i mean they had lots of issues getting it done and out there and 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 you know it wasn't critically well acclaimed by lots of people and some people but the public loved it because it was gritty and raw and it was a bit you know violent in places i mean you know i mean you look at it now it's you know it's it's hilarious how you know like really is that you know but you know uh, then it was it was kind of a big a big deal and i think correct me if i'm wrong but i think the professionals the original Mm. professionals was where Pierce Brosnan started. Pierce Brosnan. He had a small role in... I'm sure he was, but also Martin Campbell started in The Professionals as the director. Okay. Um, So that was one of his early directing pieces. Um, I can't remember the the episode now. Harry Malone was the Edward Woodward character. Malone, that was it. Thanks, IMDb. Thank you, mate. (laughs) I remember it. I did remember it began with M. I was going, Marco, Malone. Um, But, yeah, I mean... Are they available? Yeah, but it'd be really hard. I mean, that was the other thing is that it's a shame that they didn't seem to get even a DVD release or, or anything. For, for I mean, you have to really search for it. And it's the new professionals. Right. It's like the new Avengers. That's kind of what how they did it. But, mm-hmm. um, you know. Um, Makes so, sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Can I ask, um, what did Brian think of the film of the Avengers? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he refused to watch it for many, many years, but obviously eventually had to watch it. I mean, the one thing he said is he didn't mind the casting in terms of, um, you know, Steve and Mrs. Peel. He didn't particularly like, he thought Ray Fiennes, I think Ray Fiennes was wrong. I think Uma Thurman is is about, at that time, was the right casting for, Mm -hmm. you know, but she's got that, she can do it. I mean, she's, she's, you know, the bride. She can do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, not at that point, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, he, um, yeah, he was actually very happy when it completely bombed. Yeah. Not because he wanted to see his, you know, well, it did, his legacy going down flames, but it was just the principle of it that when they were making it, he didn't get a single phone call or anything. I mean, he, by this point, he'd sold the rights, so they didn't need to, but he just thought, well, considering I'm the main driving force between mm. behind the entire series, you'd think you'd at least consult me or ask my opinion on these But things. it shows in the film yeah. that he never got a call because the yeah. film just didn't know what it was doing, did it? It I think was the like... only scene that was sort of remotely like it was when they were around the round table and all the, 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 the storms over each mm-hmm. yeah. edge. I think that and he had ideas bit. of how you could make that better. Yes, he did. And it's funny, I found the Avengers movie that he wrote in about 84 with Dennis Spooner in today. Like, I've, I mean, I knew that, and he's done a novel, you know, and these things have not been produced or done before, you know, so we've got, wow. we've got you know, of what he would have written, we, mm. we have that. But Dad really took over when um, Diana Rigg is involved, that, that from then on, pretty much it's him and mm-hmm. it's his brain and he, like, I suppose, Vince Gilligan with Breaking Bad, it's mm-hmm. his thing, mm-hmm. uh, even into the new Avengers. So to not, 
even consult the person to see what makes it what it is. What are the rules that you've set out? Like, for example, there can be no extras. You can't have normal people walking around because it doesn't fit in the world. In the world of, you yeah. know. So yeah. there are little things that they totally broke and changed. And when they, they, they there's an American episode of, um, they tried to do the Avengers in America, which Dad wrote an episode for, and they broke all the rules. And of course it didn't work. It was called Escapade. It was a pi in pilot season. Right. And it didn't go anywhere, unfortunately. Um, you can see why it's it it, it 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 missed the point. It missed yeah. The Americans didn't didn't get. It. I mean they you know they 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 loved the original series because it was so quintessentially oh so, British so, yeah. so quirky British as they oh, look, put it. Yeah, as they, yes, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, Sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was to say it's like what they did to uh, Red Dwarf when they tried to do two uh, pilots over there and absolutely just. Bombs, yeah, bombs, yeah. yeah, yeah, didn't work. It doesn't, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it's hard when you, because obviously you want to give it a fresh twist, but having new blood all the time is not always completely the way. I mean, in terms of because you've got to work out what what made it what it was, and only interestingly recently listening to a lot of um, that's the, I think the beauty of obviously we're lucky that Dad did so many interviews and TV things that we can always go back and see him and listen to him, which, you know, not... But now, I'm sure there'll be a movie very soon which will just be someone's life purely from all the videos they've uploaded on Facebook from birth to death. When that... When we've, mm -hmm. when it's, when we've had a, when we've had Facebook that long, mm -hmm. when was it 2004, mm -hmm. when we're in 2054 or whatever, that there'll just be a movie which will be cut together of someone's life, you know, mm -hmm. which, you know, didn't exist back then. But having the ability to go back and look at... Dad's interviews is kind of interesting, and the the thing again, the essence that we discovered of the professionals is him saying what you want is you want the audience to tune in to be listening to the dialogue of the two boys in the car. You want them, you want to be more interested in that than in the action. And once you've got to that part, mm -hmm. then you've then you know you've got a hit. But if you're having to just do action, 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 you're not going to go anywhere. And I think that was also the problem with the new professionals is that the, the producer wanted action, 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 action without developing that the buddy, buddy, the buddy, thing. buddy yeah, thing, which yeah. you yeah. really need. I mean, yeah. uh, the one I really think of recently, very differently, modern, though, would be The Wire with mm -hmm. um, yeah. McNulty and Bunk. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, we mm -hmm. look forward to their drunk scenes. Mm -hmm. Around the car more than anything. It was just hilarious and yeah. very real, and you know. And they were the bits that were you were like, "Oh, this is going to be and great." They, they kind of yeah. hit it in the Lethal Weapon yeah. series, yeah, as well, yeah with absolutely. The yeah. Murtai and Riggs. Type I mean, just sort of fairly but, recently. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Well, let me ask you if you've seen this one. Uh, my, my my pick for Roger Moore um, Heaven was not a lot of people have seen this mm. one, and. Um, it was the man who haunted himself. Mm. Any of you see that one? Yeah. It rings a bell. Yeah. The title, don't it? I have seen it a long time ago. I would need. I would. I, I would need to see it again I, I to talk what, about. But I tell you what, this, you this, mentioned it, and I really want to see this, it. Now. This to me is 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 Roger Moore's best acting by a long shot. I, I really do think this. This was made in in 1970, but I remember growing up in the 80s. ITV down in the south where I'm from used to have a season called Murder Mystery Suspense. This is where I saw Duel. This is where I saw Psycho for the first time, yeah. you know, all this yeah. sort of thing, possibly somewhere in time. I don't know. But any, mm. anyway, they had this on one evening and it was, you know, oh, it's this guy who played Bond, you know, 
and it 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 is amazing because essentially it's a it was directed by um, Basil Dearden um, and produced by Brian Forbes, yes. who was so we knew. Yeah, 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 was I was going to say, I'm yeah. sure there's mm, got to be yeah. some connection here yeah. with some of this, yeah. and it was taken from a um, a novel that was made out of an episode of the first season of Alfred Hitchcock Presents that Alfred wow. Hitchcock actually directed, called the um, the case of of Mr. Pelham, which then got written into but the strange case of Mr. Pelham, and uh, this this film is seriously. I'm not going to say any more if you haven't seen no, it, I'm but, gonna, but check it out because Roger he has a breakdown in it. He plays two completely different characters in it. Yeah. Uh, he has an emotional breakdown in it, and I it think, is just I think so. Dad thought that was his best acting. Yeah. You know, in that completely different from the ordinary right <laughs> yeah oh it's it is so good i mean it's 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 a um you, you know it it it's it's a has he got a doppelganger or is he just going insane and it's one yeah. of the, it asks that sort of question mm-hmm. and um uh you, you know i've actually it's it's inspired something that i've written it's so much really? that i've called the character pelham because i love this film so much wow. and uh, it's got that cool. sort of thematic thing and annoyingly you know when you you make work and then you never nothing ever happens with it um about 15 14 15 years ago i was in a uh, a film where i called uh, double walker and i've googled it it's not available anywhere unfortunately where i had to play um uh, my own doppelganger and end up having a sort of fight with myself in a nightclub and and again, I was the, so into it just because I loved this Roger Moore film Brilliant. so much, and I was like, "Oh yes, I get it. I know what you want to do with this." And and it was just such fun. You no, know, it sounds very much like that Jake Gyllenhaal film that came out a few years ago. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Source. No, 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 no. It's when he uh, sees a, he sees a doppelganger of himself. Yes. Oh, Lord, you see, this is what we were talking about that, earlier. Yeah, where yeah, you it's can't remember the director stuff. who did the rival and he's doing the new. Blade oh, um. Dennis, Dennis Villeneuve. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think what the film's got. I've yeah. actually got it. I mean, it's I didn't like it. It's not as good as no, uh, the man who haunted himself. No way. <laughs> but, uh, I'd love to see that. I just obviously had a quick, quick, quick IMDb. Hildegard Neils in it is married to Brian Blessed, isn't she? She no, was at the time, time yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. 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 I did yeah. my very first acting job with her. Oh, well, there you go. You there see, everything's connected. Everything's <laughs> just connected. a play reading. It was just a reading. Right, the name of the film is Enemy. 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 That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, no, I know. Now, now you said it. I, it's, I haven't seen it. it. Well, I mean, I've seen Enemy, but the, this, t- and you're right, yeah. thematically, it's, yeah. it's probably quite similar. But no, um, trust me, Man Who Haunted Himself, seriously, ro- Roger at his best, um... He actually did do it was his first commentary as well. He and he and um, Brian Forbes did the commentary on, on the DVD one. or the Blu-ray on, on the DVD, it? and it's on the Blu-ray as oh, well, okay. I think. Um, and uh, yeah, very interesting and, and and very weird that this was before he played Bond. Yet yeah, he has a line where he mentions James Bond in in really in it, which is quite funny. Um, uh, I, I love I love when that happens, like Danny DeVito in *Romancing the Stone*. Oh yes, yeah. Talking about Batman. Or Christopher Walken in uh, or, Dead Zone. Or Christopher Nolan with the following. With the Batman, Batman symbol. Yeah, the Batman yeah. symbol on was the that? Yeah. Apparently that wasn't... that that On the load, because I listened to the commentary Nolan mm. said on that, and of course he was doing this all on a sort of Bolex camera at the weekends and stuff, and that door just happened to be like that. It's amazing. And he couldn't repaint it or anything because they had no budget. 
and how, how yeah how yeah, bizarre is that, that the Batman yeah. logo is on yeah. there and it's then amazing isn't it less than a decade later there he is directing it yeah, yeah. I just want to say when uh, I was looking through Roger Moore's filmography I, I noticed that outside of Bond I was more familiar with his TV work than I was with his film work not the same yeah it's, it's, it's kind of weird it's, I, I would have thought that after you know doing Bond would have you know propelled his like film career but it didn't to the to extent like say Sean Connery or Piers Brosnan or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah because I mean he did do a lot of stuff didn't he but he did do a lot of television because of course he had the Saints and he had well it, way back he was in Maverick apparently according to my dad really he was a big western oh, okay. fan of that era in the back in the but 50s wasn't he in or the old 50s movies wasn't he part of like Rank or MGM, he had a he had a deal that he was a very he was a very good looking young young man, and he ended up acting with some incredible people. Like um, and he and I remember seeing him, I think him talking to someone like Piers Morgan or something about it, and like he was absolutely amazed that he was in these films with these people at the time when he started. Um, when he got cast in, into Ivanhoe as a you know, as a series, I think off the back of one of those things films that he was in is a very small part. Check it out. That's the beauty of this. Oh, I mean, it is, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, but it does kill the brain. It does. You just go memory goes because you've got it in no. your pocket. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, but 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 the uh, what was I going to say? That the the other thing is, I, I'm I need to go back and again more stuff to add to the list. Yeah, but yeah. I haven't really watched, if I'm honest, much of the Saints because for me growing up, Ian Ogilvy was the Saint, yep. which even that was reruns at the time. That was like the Return of the Saint. Return of the Saint, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, but, I definitely caught the Roger Moore, uh, the Saint. Hmm. I, I, I know the other guy you're talking about, but I don't remember much of, of his the series of, that he did, but right. I do remember more of Roger Moore doing the Saint. Right. Hmm. Well, they do run those quite that's a bit, bit don't yeah. they? They do, yeah. 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 yeah, that's true. But... Uh, no, I mean, you know, it is a, a remarkable canon of work Absolutely. That, yeah. that he has there. So uh, just back to, sorry, I couldn't yeah. stop thinking about <laughs> Carolyn Monroe. Um, <laughs> uh, so did, did you know her through the, was it the Sinbad movies yes. then? That, well, that Dad, well, well, no, it was, it was um, Captain Crowell's Vampire Hunter, because Dad, oh. Dad cast her in that. Yeah. Um, no, she was actually... Well, she was... She, she, she had to be in it. Yeah, she had to be in it. Because Hammer, 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 Hammer said, what? want this girl. Oh, ah, right, yes. Because yeah. yeah. the, the gypsy woman in it was written a lot more fiery and, and, and Caroline's not like that. And so Dad rewrote it to kind of fit her personality. But he got on really well with her and thought she did great in the film. And so when he was uh, writing Golden Voyager Sinbad, he recommended her... I see. I knew there was a uh, Sinbad connection. And, um, as the girl with the, the palm, with the eye on the palm. And, 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 and Martin Shaw was in that as well, from The Professionals. He's, he's wow. your man in that as well. So there's lots of, you know, yeah. sick, um, secular stuff that goes on. You know, it's well, it's such a small business. Mm. <laughs> it is. Yeah, if, if, if you're working. If you're in it. Yeah, if you're in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, she's, she's uh, lovely and very, very, very nice woman. And, um, you know, I'm sure she would happily chat to you about. Yeah. I'm sure um, you guys about Bond. You guys have worked with her daughter. Yeah, um, Jojo, her daughter was was in our film dress rehearsal. She's one oh, of the right, leads okay. in that, and because I used to teach her acting, and I just thought she would. It was bizarre. We were, um, we needed a, an actress that could sing, 
like opera, like opera singing mm-hmm. and could totally and utterly do it and not you know she had to be brilliant and it was interesting because when we were auditioning you either have people that were great at acting mm-hmm. or great at singing but finding but someone in the middle was very very difficult and then the lady that we cast Simone Sofanon Good evening ladies and gentlemen half hour call you have 30 minutes thank you yeah, the, um, yeah. The, the, the lady joys of a working theatre. Yes, well, it's the theatre. It's all happening. Yeah, she, Simone Sofina, she, she was brilliant. We cast her immediately. And then we kind of thought we had to choose someone who looked like her when she was younger. And so it, she, Jojo had the sort of look and the essence of her. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to cast her in that. And now she's done a few films since then, hasn't yeah. she? I mean, we used her before that on the still trailer. Yes, when we were shooting yeah. trade for still, yeah, we, 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 a long time ago. Eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Before Dad actually, we before Dad um, rewrote the script for with us, which you were on. I worked on it. Yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I remember the, I, I the day, the day of <laughs> of hell. Yeah. 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 Oh. Two locations in one day. Yeah. One back in three, and then the first one <laughs> got cancelled. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. God! Yeah, it was a nightmare. That's it. Yeah. Well, originally, I was the first AD, and then uh, it was it the camera assistant dropped out, yeah. so we couldn't find anybody. So you took over. I took over as the camera. The Joe, nice. Yeah. 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 yeah, it was fun. It was <laughs> and Jojo, yeah, running up, running up the stairs. <laughs> in my friend's ridiculous house. Yes, yeah. insane house. More saying? I was just saying that. Yeah, we might need to wrap up. Yeah, no, no, because because we might need to get I, out of here. Well, I think we've sort of come to that point. Well, unless yeah. there's anything yeah. you want to add, no, no. So, all right. So for our listeners, then, if people want to find your work, stroke, get in touch with you, etc., where can they find you? Well, we're having our website redone at the moment, yeah. so but you can still go to the the the, uh, the site um, as is, which is www.clemensbross.com .co.uk because you're such big fans of bros oh yeah we must say our logo the reason we have our logo with the eyebrow is hugely obviously inspired by Roger Moore because we can perfect for this episode we can uh, raise alternate eyebrows so that's why yeah Um, sorry so we so all our work at the ladies and gentlemen the house is now open please do not pass in front of the taps the house is now open thank you (laughs) yeah we don't <laughs> You've heard it here first. Yeah, so you can go to our website, clemensbros.co.uk, um, or follow our Twitter at clemensbros.co.uk, or I suppose at Josh Twain, which is my Twitter account. Or at Team George's. Yeah, which is George's. Yeah, and if you want to email us, it's all our details there. It's clemensbros at gmail.com. If you want to. If you want to put some money into one of our, our films or dad scripts, please call us. <laughs> there you go. And just remember where you heard it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and anything um, anything you want to promote or mention while we've got you here? Well, yeah, I'm, I've just directed a play called Strictly Murder, uh, written by our dad, uh, which is a World War II thriller, um, which is uh, currently on a national tour. Um, we're here live in Stevenage, um, where it's playing tonight, um, but it is on a, a big tour all the way through to October. Uh, the closest dates to London are probably um, in September at the Yvonne Arnaud in Guildford or uh, the Rose Theatre in Kingston, and they're um, straight after each other um, towards the middle and the end of September. Um, but you can find all the details of any of the other places at talking 
hyphenscarlet.co.uk, which is the uh, production company. And the only other thing is we've got a short film. Um, Say No. Yeah, Say No, which is a short film uh, about gun crime, which was developed uh, by sort of the youth theatre, um, the Rose Theatre, and it was a summer film course that they provide, and I was asked to write and direct a short, and these kids happened to do an amazing job, and I showed a few people, uh, professional people, that really enjoyed it and thought that it might have a life on the market, so they, uh, quite a few of my uh, contacts decided to help us make it into a, a, a piece of work, like our composer, Edward White. George obviously was editing on it. Um, and brought it up to a standard where we're now, we've made the film, we've got everything ready to go. We're about to launch a crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo, I think on the 12th of June. Um, and we need to raise £4,000 for all the festival fees and the festival strategy in order to get into the festivals and to get them a, a piece of professional work out there. And it's a great... Um, Piece. It's a sort of tribute to Dunblane, and it's a, a film about gun crime, um, which you know is quite all, relevant. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah, too relevant. It's far, yeah. far too relevant. But um, yeah. yeah, so you can find that um, and follow us on Twitter at Say No Film, yeah. or on Instagram is the same at Say No Film um, as well. Thank you. George, anything? Yeah. Uh, yeah, just as I say, I should mention, I've, I've got two feature films that I edited coming out. Um, one's called By Any Means, which you can find on iTunes, and I think it's coming out on a few other platforms like Amazon, but for the moment, just iTunes on the 27th of June. Um, it's, in a, it's a nice thriller. It's first time director Leighton Spence, who's worked on quite a few features as cameraman, first AC and all that, and done very well for his first film so I highly recommend that um, and I've got another one that I'm working on now called Mother of All Secrets which just keep your eye out for because they're looking to turn it around very quickly so I imagine probably by August at the latest that will be available and that stars Kate Mansey who just won the Emmy and uh, Kelly McGuinness from Top Gun uh, doing quite a different role um, and then there's just one other which is Where the Skin Lies which is done by a friend of mine called uh, Mikhail Boucherie and again breakout first breakout feature horror film quite different quite an interesting concept I won't go into too many details but keep up on where that's coming I think the website's where the skin lies.co.uk so you can find out about that and find out hopefully when it's going to be released. Cool. And Mrs. Clemens, anything you want to add? No, I think I said no? it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just leaves us to, to thank uh, you guys for for joining us. Oh, I'm sorry. Forget, sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, our contact You're details. You're in a rush. Yeah, You're sorry. I'm, I'm conscious we've got to finish. Sorry. <laughs> go on, Simon. Sorry. All right. So, Keith, where can we find your work? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. If you go to uh, YouTube and put in British Isles, that's E-Y-L-E-S, you can find um, short pieces that I wrote, produced and directed on there uh, or go to IMDB and put in my name for uh, past, future, present work. And uh, somebody's also listed as uh, James Bond on there, on IMDB. Am I? Okay, oh, Keith007. Keith007, yeah. yes. <laughs> the closest I'll ever get, yeah. unfortunately. Well, you but, keep uh, making the James Bond lists on there, so oh, there don't knock it. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, you can find my work at independentrunnings.com. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and all good podcast providers. Uh, you can um, 
all else can we do? Oh yeah, you can follow us on Facebook, <laughs> Twitter. Uh, just uh, put in uh, movie heaven, movie hell, and uh, if leave us a review and rating on iTunes and Stitcher, it all helps. Yeah, so. and thank thank you guests for this uh, tribute to well both Sir Roger Moore and Brian Clement. Thank oh, you very thank much. You very
blimping. I must say, I nearly broke up on the Baron of Burma. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of why I put it in.